0: Cast. I'm Pete Doherty, along with Eric Bronchek, and we're here to talk about the Green Bay Packers' incredible comeback for an 18-17 to 17 win uh, over the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Um, Eric, let's just dive right in. Uh, uh, just an improbable comeback from where they were sitting in the start of the fourth quarter, fourth and two, and they don't convert. It looked like they were dead in the waters there at the on the the first play of the fourth quarter. Jordan Love, what do you what do you think? What do you make of that whole thing?
1: You know, kind of like what we talked about earlier today. One of the things that I um, felt like they're going to lean on this as as the game went on. We got to halftime, and I'm like, they're going to have to lean on on uh, Love to make some plays, he's going to have to do something. Um And you go back to years past and we're all from watching the Packers for the last 30 years, right. We're all so uh, accustomed to the quarterback play in this team, being able to, with the exception of the Hundley years, right. Or year um, where they can make it, you know, you can lean on your quarterback to win games. And at this particular point, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think they, – they, they, I, I really didn't feel like they could do it, and they needed him to make some plays, and they needed to lean on him to win the ball game. And I think where he lacked in being able to do it with his arms, he did it with his feet. Uh, he, that 24-yard run was probably the play that catapulted that offense into uh, <clears throat> feeling good about it and, and getting it done. And I was really, really shocked at that, that it was able to happen, to be honest with you. And I think the other thing, too, is they – they took away some of the thought process and went to the two minute uh, in the fourth quarter. And you saw everything kind of flourish at that point. And that really uh, was a brilliant move by them. I think they know they had to um, do something to because to, they had to score a lot of points in a short amount of time. And they had to do that and they were able to do it. And I think it really kind of took the Saints by surprise. It took a uh, Uh, certainly all the fans by surprise. And and it really, I think it's settled down. If you can say that, and it it sounds weird, but it settled down that offense and they were able to execute a little bit better once that happened.
0: You know, it's funny uh, as I, you know, we talked this morning. And then as I was starting to write this, uh, this afternoon evening, um, I realized, you know, I think it was in the third preseason game. um, I think it was, they had two possessions and didn't score. And so they went into a um, floor had him go into a two minute, even though it was like early second quarter, because he just wanted to practice two minute and love took him right down the field and they scored. Uh, I wonder if they're. we talked about this, but I mean, nobody plays hurry up <clears throat> all game. Even, you know, the Eagles, when they were Chip Kelly and all that, you know, they played fast, but they weren't, playing two-minute offense the entire time. Um, But is this something that if two or three weeks from now, if they're kind of struggling on offense, could they go to this for a series just just to change the tempo and get things going?
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You see that all all the time with uh, offenses now. It's not as drastic as going into – uh, the two-minute offense, but you see them often come out in a, a, a formation and a personnel grouping that they don't normally do, uh, you know, down in and down out. You know, you, you see them, they'll come out in a 22 or uh, um, you know, I think a lot of times you see a lot of 12 personnel or 13 personnel um, just to try to change it up a little bit, see if they can get a spark to happen. And I, I think, they you know, this is probably going to be the change-up that this offense is going to be able to do. Uh, I think they're weak in a 12 or 13 personnel. So in years past, they've had some tight ends that um, they're able to come out in 12 and look pretty good. They play a fair amount of 12 personnel, but I think what I mean by that is is one running back, two tight ends. That's where those numbers come from. So, um, and I I don't think a 22 personnel would really be, we saw like 21 personnel last year and 22 personnel when they would have um, Jones and Dylan in the backfield, but I think they had a little bit different tight end uh, so it was almost like they were always lined up on balance because because uh, uh lewis was pretty much always basically just a big tackle uh or skinny tackle depending on how you look at it um so you 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 had that there and that was so their change-ups were you know kind of 11 personnel turned into a change-up uh, offense for them. so this might be what they uh, have as their change-up to try to uh get things to happen and what i really like about it is if you come out and well, let's say uh, 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 even if you're going to be an 11 personnel or even 12 personnel, they could open up and, and come out of the huddle or line up, and all of a sudden they're you know empty backfield, and you're, the other team's stuck in a base or nickel. That's tough sledding, and it's tough to get those defenders on and off the field so it could put you in a personnel matchup situation until they call timeout or until there's a time stoppage it goes out of bounds and complete pass things of that nature that can allow defenses then to make some substitutions but if you can keep it going for a couple plays you can catch them um in, in, in matchups that are going to make better sense for your offense
0: you know and Aaron actually aaron jones would probably be there you know taylor's okay at that you know lining up wide uh, he's that's basically kind of his thing is you know being part of the passing game. But Aaron Jones is their best receiving running back. So when they get that guy back, um, they could you know they could conceivably do you know more of more of the two minute. I I wonder if we will see it. You know the uh the, that just made me think while you were um explaining there. You know the the whole two headed running back thing has uh, so far been a total bust because A.J. Dillon, just even watching uh, the tape on this, I saw a couple runs where he just didn't, you know, there were holes, you know, to the side where he just didn't cut them back. And he left a lot of yards on the table. And if Aaron Jones was out there, man, those are, there was a couple more that would have been big, big plays. Um, I guess that just ain't, that's just not going to change, is it?
1: No, I, I think we, you know, There's nothing wrong with what Dylan is. I mean, he is what he is. He's an A-gap, B-gap guy. He's got downhill, two, four, you know, one through four hole. Awesome. You know, pretty good. You can pick up three yards in a cloud of dust or four yards, and maybe once in a while you get a fifth, a five-yarder in there. Those are good things. Or or typically if you're going to get a third down where third down and short and you got everybody mugged up on the line of scrimmage, he can break one. Uh, for a bunch of yards until safety corrals them down. So that's just the back that he is. He's not a guy that's gonna. And you saw it yesterday. Whenever they wanted to do anything wide, obviously he wasn't the guy that they were good. I me mean, heck, they even brought in a D back to run a, uh to, to attack the perimeter. So that tells you a little bit about what they feel and what they know about what the capabilities of AJ Dillon are. The other part that was uh interesting as far as the running attack goes is uh, you know. The other two backs, Emmanuel and um, um, uh, Taylor? Taylor, excuse me. He wasn't really, none of those guys ran very confidently. And I, you know, so I think there's some opportunities there that, that he can probably feel better about. And, you know, penalty brought back some running plays too, that, that hurt. Um, so where they had gotten gains, especially with, uh, you know, the, the Emmanuel one was a tough one. Um, but I really like the, um, the way they were blocking up front and there was there were some opportunities there like you say and it, it just was that the running backs just weren't either capable they don't have the vision that Aaron Jones has to be able to cut a, a play back and put his foot in the ground and make that turn um they just aren't those guys but hey Taylor is is pretty good out of the backfield catching the ball and even even AJ Dillon is that he had the big gainer up the sideline there that was good and that's kind of where you know what you can do with him. You know, you can throw him the ball and let him run straight upfield, and he's going to be okay and, and get positive yardage. Uh, but once you get him to go in sideways, that's that's bad. That is a bad deal. And you saw it yesterday too. That he's not going to be a sideways running guy. It's downhill. It's it's you know two, four, one, three, four holes. That's really it. You get outside, you start running off tackle. And now you he doesn't have the he doesn't have the speed or hit the hole hard enough. Um, And certainly as the play develops, there's going to be guys that there's stunts and there's blitzes and guys are jumping gaps on defense. So sometimes the the, the gap doesn't open up exactly where you think it's going to be. So that's where the cutback ability that Jones has displayed over the last several years that he he can provide that for you. But uh, the other guys, you know, I I think Taylor and Emmanuel, I think both of those guys can do it. It's just about having confidence to be able to do it. Um, And that's a big thing. For them but, what plays you know, up what love plays
0: stand out to you good and bad
1: well the first one I like I talked about earlier was a 24 yard run I mean that was a big one and that's one of the things he's young he's got fresh legs there's a lot of tread on the tire you know what go for it and I guess the part that I really really like about love um is that he tried he moves around in the pocket he's he's got quick enough feet um He's fast enough to keep plays alive and keep off his back um, and doesn't just immediately run. Like you see a lot of young quarterbacks, That the first read or second read isn't there, he's just running. Uh, and it's more of self-preservation than anything else. But he had a chance to watch Aaron Rodgers. and he, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people don't give him the credit that I think he deserves with his feet. Um, his arm is – you know, you can't. I mean, what can you what, what can you say about his arm? I mean, you can go on for you can write a novel about how good it is, but the reality is 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 he was smart enough to to be able to to get those keep the sticks going, keep drives alive, uh, by re- keeping the ball on the ground in his hands. And you see kind of that uh, with Jordan Love, but a lot more ability to do it. And you saw that up the sideline. So saw. You know, I can't say enough. About what that is and um, what he's done, I think he's made he made some pretty good throws too. The in the end zone to uh, Reed that he dropped there in the fourth quarter. Hey, young guy, you got to hang on to that one. That's six. Uh, you know, that's a that was a big catch that he should have made. Um, and I thought the the pass the touchdown pass to right, to Dobbs was. I mean, was really, really good. I mean, he put it right where it needed to be. And, and some of those touch plays, those touch throws, he seems to be really good at where he struggles are always the vertical passes. Uh, even the, the one that Dobbs caught that 30-yard gainer up the sideline there where he had to tap his toes and great catch, but didn't need to be that hard. Um, and, I, and I think the throw to Musgrave that he missed up the seam, again, is another one where they don't have to make that throw so difficult. You know, get it up there, let your guy run underneath it. And I don't know if it's nerves, if it's just feeling that he's got to sling the ball, just just throw it up there in, in, in the, like he can and make it happen. Um, but but so his where he's really dangerous, where love is really dangerous, is 20 yards and in, um, you throw the ball over 20 yards and it's kind of a roll of the dice. Um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But uh, I, I really thought that um, that one pass – uh, in the end zone to uh, Reed that he dropped was, that was a tough one. That was one that I think Reed's going to want it. He'll probably catch more of those than he'll drop in his career because he just looks like he's really developing into a really fine, uh, a fine guy. But um, that was a tough one. They ended up getting the touchdown there. And, and I thought the, the touchdown. No,
0: they actually, that was a field. They got a field goal on that drive. Yep, I'm sorry.
1: You're right. They, they did get the field goal, but Reed did drop one on the touchdown uh, series yeah. where the, uh, love ran it in which again that's another great play there was nobody there that wasn't a designed run that was there was nobody there and he zipped and he was able to uh, uh sneak in the end zone and then even more impressive was was in my opinion was that um two-point play, He's that's, flowing, the play his right, that's
0: the play that jumped out to me and threw it to his
1: left and it was a strike and that was a great play that was that's not that's above average NFL quarterback play right there. I mean, that is, that is, that's, that good was, stuff. Uh,
0: that was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, um, that, that's just right out of, right out of their playbook. Uh, you know, because when I re watched, you know, he, he had nothing going. Protection was pretty good, We he had nothing going. So we started scrambling up the middle. He, he was not going to make it to the end zone. But when he got it right about to the five, he just all of a sudden, and he was going forward fast, he just all of a sudden zipped it to his left. I don't know. That just really reminded me of the kind of plays. I mean, I think we saw Favre and Rodgers both do that a lot in their careers.
1: Right. And speaking of the arm talent there and that, you saw numerous plays. I counted six. There's probably one or two more that I may have missed where he was throwing the ball at a, a like almost like a sidearm to get it underneath a, def- a defender's arms or a, ru- or a guy who was rushing. So I, I really think that there's a lot there to work with. Like I said, you, the, the cleanup stuff on, uh, uh, on some of the vertical throws, are hopefully those things start to come around. I thought he had a couple drops there that would have changed the way the game turned out if they weren't drops. The real bad one that he had was that one pass to Taylor on fourth down that just So you – know, I'm, I'm glad you brought – I wanted to ask
0: you this because I um, re I rewatched the game after you and I talked. So, and maybe you'll know the answer to this. Lafleur at press conference said he was looking at the other side of the field. He didn't see what happened. Uh, he goes now, but he did say it's a three-step, a three-step play. I think he called it. Now he didn't say drop. He didn't say route. I'm assuming he meant route, right?
1: Yeah, and so, I think the running back was in the right spot because the safety pulled, was. Going when hard. I watched
0: the when I watched the high when I watched the play again, I watched it several times. He only took two steps. Is that enough to matter? Now I think he stopped because he could feel the linebacker closing in on him. Um, but does he have to take that third step?
1: That is a really good point to ask, and I, I don't know the answer to that one. I, the way I looked at it was that he had gotten the first down and kind of settled in the zone that was open. The flat was they left the flat open, um, for whatever reason. So, I guess if if, if LeFleur says it's a three-step, he should have been there. Maybe and in, in, in Love was thrown to a spot rather than thrown to the guy, uh, which is not uncommon. Um, then maybe that's the case. And I guess the, gra- the grasp of the offense um, that it seems like Love has, is, you know, you'd probably have to side with that explanation to it but rather than uh, um, the running back and how it looks on the naked eye. You know, it was really uh, – but there were a couple passes, especially some of the – there was one uh, that kind of really rings a bell near the end zone um, in the fourth quarter to Musgrave that he dropped – or he didn't drop it. It was it was a thrown a little bit too far out in front of him. He couldn't get to it. <clears throat> um, and then there was another one across the middle where Dobbs had to had dive to catch it. Now when you and we saw it live from the press box, it just looked like an errant throw. That's what it looked like. But then when you rewatch the game, you can see that a D lineman did just get a hair on that thing, and it redirected it just enough, and Dobbs had to dive and make the catch. So, you know, some of those throws, there's some explanation to, um, but I, I, you know, there's no explanation to the uh, the vertical throws that are off, and, yeah. and some of those things that hopefully they can get cleaned up for them to be have a true success.
0: And I'm not saying for sure that that wasn't Love's fault, you know, on the on the fourth and two. I mean, maybe he's supposed to just put the ball on the guy, you know. Either way, um, but I don't think Lafleur was asked about that today at his press conference. Uh, But a lot of those quick hitters, Pete,
1: the quarterback just throws to a spot.
0: Is that okay? (laughs) Well, you saw Rogers do it all the time on those slants.
1: He was just thrown to a spot.
0: I'd I'd be really curious to have you take a look at it again and we could talk about it, you know, next week or whatever. But Taylor takes two steps and he kind of takes a third step, but his foot moves, but his body doesn't move at all. So he Hmm. takes two steps when his body moves and then he kind of takes a third step, but his body doesn't move forward at all. And the ball goes away. so i i don't know i'm really curious what their rules are on that and what they how that should have
1: gone yeah i um, are gonna have to find out I'll, I'll watch it again we'll look at it yeah
0: okay i'll be i'll be curious what you think there um you know there's i, I guess the other topic that you know that we talk about in the column that I wanted to get to when we can make this real quick but um you know sometimes you need breaks to win games and the packers had major injury issues of their own. So they're not going to feel any sympathy for anybody, but, you know, Derek Carr gets knocked out of that game. Um, I looked it up. They had, I think it was in four series. I think they had two first downs with Jameis Winston at quarterback Uh, two first downs and no points. Um, That's just, you know, Carr's not one of the premier quarterbacks by any stretch, but he's right in the middle of the pack, you know, ranks. I think the, um, the athletic does their, yearly ranking where they talk to 50 gms high ranking front office guys head coaches coordinators and quarterbacks coaches he talked the Mike Sando talks to 50 of them and he he has them do a, as, as a ranking system and Carr was 14th going into this season. So I mean he's okay, you know, he's not bad. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, he he comes out and they were just uh, they just had nothing on offense. They have those two good receivers um, you know and Olave and Thomas, and it just, uh, they, they couldn't take advantage of them.
1: Hmm. it would be interesting to see um, how that game would have turned out. But when you break the numbers down, I mean, the defense gave up 10 points. Yeah. You know, seven seven came on special teams. So yeah. the defense didn't play horrible. I know that the, the defense was uh maligned a little bit on that last drive by getting the ball down you know they, they drove the ball down into field goal range and you know a rookie did what a rookie does uh so good for them but it, it, good for the Packers bad for him um but when you look at the the way the defense played again you know they're short two running backs um is it going to be different if if it if, if they got their running backs in there I it's hard to say. Um, I would say I would assume the perimeter game would be a bit better, and the the throws to the running backs probably would have p- produced a little bit more. Um, possibly, I don't know. Um, but I think if Carr is in there, they're going to pick on Valentine a little bit more after uh, Carrington Valentine with a V went out, yeah. um, which you know it's kind of funny. It, it's kind of poetic justice, you know, with with uh, Carrington Valentine was that. Couple plays. It was right at the end there. Uh, a couple plays before the touchdown that uh, he had. He had the opportunity to come up and fill in a running play, and he just wouldn't want the play. I am assuming that's the play he got hurt at because he was holding his arm and shaking his arm after that play. He kind of walked up and kind of turned in his man card and decided not to tackle on that play. And unfortunate for him, it looks like he that's the play he got hurt on. Uh, but. You know, I I think there was uh, a big a big sigh of relief, and I, you never want to see anybody get hurt. But I mean, that was really a big thing for the for the Packers defense that they could really just tee off now and 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 feel pretty good with what they have on there. Were, you know, you had two a starter for the game was out, and not having Alexander, those are big things uh, to try to overcome for anybody, and, and much less a, a team like the Packers that are um, really need to have a good. Defense is showing, but they were much, much more disciplined on the, on the D line uh, as far as, as, securing the edge um, and, and the defensive line I thought played, you know, of the three games, that was the best game they played all season, uh, especially against the run. Now they had more sacks, Um, in other games from the interior alignment. But I thought against the run, they were solid uh, the entire game. There were only one or two major gaffes, which, you know, if you look back at the Falcons game where it was all over the place. uh, But I thought they played uh, very sound up front, which helps everybody. It helps us, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, when the D-line is playing at a neutral position, meaning that they're not getting pushed back three, four yards, they're playing neutral to the line of scrimmage. Um, that's a win for them, but more importantly, it's a win for the linebackers and safeties that got to come up and fill in the run game. Um, especially safeties and run support. If they got to weed through all those big, tall trees, it's pretty tough. Uh, so I really liked that part of it. It really looked, uh, really good. Uh, uh, it looked better, um, today and yet last night when we were watching the videos than it did at the game, um. But it was one of the things that was a major contributor to to why the Packers. I mean, they only gave up 77 yards on the ground, and that's that's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. Um, it was funny you mentioned the uh, rookie kicker missing, you know, a big kick at the end there. Um, how about Anders Carlson? I mean, he was um, he was really up and down in training camp, but he's been since the games have started. He's been right on the money. Came yeah. through that that extra point. You know, I wondered he missed a handful of extra points during uh, extra point distances during kicking drills in, uh in camp
1: and preseason too. I think he missed one.
0: Yeah, he did. That's right.
1: So that was a, that was a lot of pressure. That was a ton of pressure for a young kid. I mean, here he had to come in there and w- you know, basically win the game or put at least put the last point up there to put them ahead. And that's a lot of pressure. And it's not like, you know, now that they got a kick from so far back, it's, it's uh, it's a crapshoot even for the for the veterans. There's there's times veterans make it miss them. Excuse me, and uh, you know that was a that was pretty good. It kind of made you feel good about uh, about that kid and, and about their their uh, uh, coaching staff uh, in general, especially with the special teams guys. To be able to have a guy and have him under control emotionally in that situation is pretty tough, you know. And I listen, and I don't like kickers. I don't even think they should be allowed to wear helmets. But uh, the reality is, is that you know they're a necessary evil to the game. I Sometimes wonder, did you play without a helmet? <sighs> Looks like I did. <laughs> Jesus, am I worse than a hockey player? Um, but the, <laughs> you know, it's just hard for for um, for a young guy like that to be in that situation with that much pressure, and he pulled it off. It was good.
0: Uh, Thursday night football this week, this is a really quick turnaround. You know, it really struck me. I mean, I've always, obviously, you know, they have the quick turnaround. But LaFleur is standing up there on the podium on uh, Sunday after, right after the game. And he goes, you know, for us right now, it's Wednesday. You know, for what, what would be a normal week, a Wednesday. So they got right back to work. What do you think of these Thursday games? And um, I don't know if you're – who do you think is going to win?
1: I don't like them. I really don't. You know, I, I, if I was a fan, I'd probably like it a little bit more, but uh, you know, what we have to do is tough right in the middle of the week. You just come off of of spending a bunch of time watching video and you got to watch a bunch of video coming in. And, uh, but anyways, I just, I, I think it's tough. I think it's a tough turnaround to, uh, be physical that close together. Um, and, and to be up and it's got to be really hard on the away uh, the, the traveling teams that got to come in there. Cause you know, it's really Thursday for them, you know, cause they got to really be, uh, uh, ready to go. And, uh, the good news is, I guess you can travel in the morning. I don't think teams really want to do that. So they travel the night before. Um, no, they have,
0: I think by league rule, they got to come in the, the day before.
1: Yeah. So that's hard, you know, that's really, really hard. Um, both mentally, emotionally, physically. I mean, football is an emotional game, and um, in a matter of four days, you got to be at the high high, and then the high high again. That's pretty hard, and you know you see it a lot on Thursday night games. Usually a little slappier, um, and it's, it's it's tough going. And I, but I think for a younger team, it's going to be even harder. You know, I I don't expect the Packers to win this ball game. I think even though the stats. And the, uh, the rule of thumb is is in their favor that the home teams usually are more successful. I, I just don't see it uh, this Thursday. I think you got a you got a veteran team, fairly veteran team coming in with a bunch of young guys on offense have, uh, that the Packers have. I, I just I don't think that it's a it's a good matchup. but I think you got you know, they got some really good defensive players that um, I, I think if they don't have Jones and they don't have Bocceary. I think it's you. You have to. The coaching staff's going to have to really put together a good package to slow down that outside rush, uh, and try to figure out a way to run the ball on those linebackers.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see how Rasheed Walker would hold up against uh, Hutchinson. I would assume, I think they move Hutchinson to both sides, so I would think Walker would see some of them. One thing, I one thing to think about. I'm curious to get your opinion if Jones and Watson play. Those guys didn't play on Sunday. They haven't played for a few weeks. Um, so, they're you know, you talk about the hard recovery and all that. They don't have to – they're not going through that. They're going to be – they'll be fresh. Is that – any advantage there?
1: Oh, certainly for those two players. But I, I think the sad part or the bad part is for the Packers is, I mean, their offensive line are, is really young. Um, if if Boxieri doesn't come back in or does cousin come back, it's going to be – it's going to be tough sledding. I think they got a good outside rush. Uh, I think their linebackers are pretty active. Um, the D line is going to be, is not, they don't have a bunch of superstars, but they, they got guys that can play football there. So I think that that is a very, very uh, uh, tough recipe that they're going to have to try to figure out. And, 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 you know, without Jones, I think it's going to be even more difficult with Jones uh, I like the way it looks a little bit more on paper, but without Jones, it's it's going to be tough because they're going to put a lot of pressure on that run game.
0: So I'll probably end up asking you this every week for a bunch of weeks here, depending on the outcome of games, but uh, first three weeks, change your opinion at all of uh, your guess at all as to where, what kind of record these guys are going to finish with?
1: No, I think they're a 500 ball club, you know, maybe a shade under. If they came out nine and eight, that doesn't surprise me, but I don't, I just don't. I mean, how are they going to play against some of these some of these really good teams that they got coming up down the down the stretch? And uh, you know, Detroit's no slouch. They've proven that now. So it's going to be. You know, they got two games against them. That's going to be a tough one. The Vikings are usually are really tough. However, this year maybe that's not the case. Uh, But it's still a rivalry game. It's a division game. It can go either way. I I think their their schedule is just. It's going to be too tough for them. I, I really don't think that they can do it. With me. We'll see. Yeah, I'm
0: still. I'm not seven. as adamant as
1: opposed as I was after last week, where I thought, boy, they're they're going to really struggle. But I think they'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I'm still thinking seven, ten, eight, and nine. But um, but you never know. Um, this is a you know teams can grow up fast, and if love is a little better than all of us, many of us were guessing going into the season. You never know. Um, how this might turn out. Who would you rather have, uh, Love or Golf, for this game? Not not for all time, but for this game.
1: Who would I rather have? Yeah, Golf or Love. Uh, golf Goff, for sure. I I think unless here's going to be the key. If they could figure out that vertical game and having Christian Watson back, and they have and with Reed and Dobbs, that's. That's pretty tough. I mean, that looks on paper, that looks really, really good. But the problem is that vertical pass has been a struggle for him. So I don't know if they can really utilize it. I, I think where they're going to see get some hay is going to be they got to hit that tight end. You know, I know he had a big hit six receptions, I think he had uh, yesterday, but I think they got to they gotta keep it. I mean, 10, I, 10, 12 targets a game is not unrealistic, especially if Christian Watson's back because that middle is going to be soft. He's got good, big hands, and he's a, he's, he's a load once he gets the ball. So I I expect, um, you know, that the, the Musgrave, especially when Watson comes back, that Musgrave is going to flourish. And I would expect, uh, you know, the other part, two of it is unless the, the Lions just thumb their nose at it and say, until you can throw vertically, we're just not going – we're going to thumb our nose at it and just let you keep trying – uh, and that might be the case, that, that might be what you, you're going to do, um, against that football team. But the key, the whole key to their success going forward, and uh, especially Thursday night, is going to be the ability to hit that vertical pass.
0: Yeah, well, big stuff. With uh, be really curious to see the inactive report 90 minutes for kickoff on Thursday on uh, Jones and uh, Christian Watson. There, that'll be that'll be big. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I think we've run out of time here, Eric, so we're going to have to wrap this up. But I uh, want to thank everybody for, uh, for joining us. Uh, rem- just a reminder, obviously, there'll be a really quick turnaround this week. And uh, by the end of the week, we'll have another one of these up for the, to go over the Packers' uh, home game against the Lions on Thursday night. Uh, until then, I'm Pete for Eric. Thanks for listening to the After Further Review podcast. Take care, everybody.